good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we're hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rainy Day Puar from Plum Deluxe. Whether it's literally a rainy day or just some emotional dark clouds, this sweet and spicy tea is just what you need for a comfort kick. Using a rich, earthy puar as the base, add in the cinnamon bark, ginger, and other spices, then pair them with a sweet cinnamon oil reminiscent of brown sugar. It brings sweetness while keeping it balanced, just what a rainy day calls for. So sit back with your cup of tea, and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. Cup welcome to all of those who are able to join with us. It is such a joy each week to be able to take these few minutes together and simply try to be an encourager for you in the middle of the week, or perhaps you're not able to listen each Wednesday morning, but whenever you can, my prayer is that we not only learn a little bit more about God's Word, but that we're drawn a little closer to Him and His Spirit within us, and that we're encouraged as we strive to be salt and light in the darkness of the world that we live in. I don't know about you, but these last two weeks where we started looking at the Beatitudes, it has brought a much greater clarity to me about the greatest sermon ever preached. And it's certainly given some wonderful sermon outlines for future use as well. So hold tight as we now turn to the third Beatitude found in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 5. So I hope you have your Bibles with you. Again, Matthew chapter 5, we'll start reading in verse 1 and we'll read down through third Beatitude in verse 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, as I've mentioned, even though we look at one characteristic, if you will, a week, we really have to take the Sermon on the Mount as a whole in how we understand what all Christ was trying to teach us here. This particular verse... Uh, for instance, uh, that trait that we're looking at today, it can actually be found almost verbatim in the Old Testament as well. Psalm 37:11 is almost a quotation of Matthew, or Matthew 5, 5, excuse me, is almost a quotation, uh, or at certainly the very least a reference to Psalm 37:11, where it states, "The meek shall possess the land." and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The word for land, both in Hebrew and Greek, could also mean earth, and so therefore we see uh, that obviously this is a tremendous lesson that God wants us to learn. The meek. The meek. Meekness is a trait that is most certainly necessary, uh, but I think you would agree with me in saying that it is difficult to come by even in a Christian's life. You can't look at it as just having power under control. But the way we have to assess it is that we have power and it's under God's control. For the Christian, meekness is about that surrender. It's about surrendering everything to God, being completely 
at His disposal. Now, as we discussed when we looked at being poor in spirit, it was being broken down to that point where we realize that God is the only way. And we see that He is and has always been the only way. We also talked about those who mourn and what it is as a child of God that we mourn. And it's the sin that we are born in that affects our lives daily and the sin that we can't overcome until our complete repentance and our mourning of it, placing it under Christ's shed blood. So meekness is not powerless, but it's where we grow powerful because we've surrendered to the power of all powers, to the king of all kings. Now, meekness can only begin when we fully put our trust in God. And it's because when we do trust in Him, we have committed our ways to Him. And in committing our ways, that means that we, we put our anxieties onto Him. We put our frustrations onto Him. We surrender our plans to Him. We surrender our relationships to God. We surrender our jobs, our health, our all is surrendered to trusting in God. And then we wait. Yes, I know, we wait patiently for the Lord. We have to trust in His timing. It's because His power and His grace are going to work things out in the best way for His glory first and foremost. And in that, it will be to our good. Now, I want to point out something here. Zephaniah 3, 11 and 12 reminds us, teaches us, that God is not going to work with those who are proud and haughty. Meekness is not something that's just going to happen in our lives. The meekness that God desires for us to have is something that will be developed because we are teachable, because we are students of His Word, because we are listening to His Spirit speak in us, and because we desire to follow God's way, as reminded in Psalm 32, 8 and 9. Meekness is also translated as another word, uh, specifically in the King James, uh, gentleness. You might see gentleness in your Scripture. And it's identified as one of those components. If you look at meekness slash gentleness, that is a fruit of the Spirit that we study in Galatians 5. So meekness becomes even more evident in how we need to have it in order to walk in our daily lives in responding to the will of God and our interactions also with other people. Do we show gentleness or meekness as we seek what is best for others? All in all, meekness begins and ends with God. Now, if you're like me, I've explained it to you, but if you're like me, and I know that some of you listening are, meekness is not a trait that most people are naturally inclined to pursue. As a matter of fact, the conventional wisdom of the world would say that in the earth and everything in it, uh, it's going to go to those who act with boldness and strength because they take it. So therefore, to many people, meekness is, is seen as weakness and it means to allow others to seemingly walk all over you. Well, that's not at all what meekness is. 
But if you look at Christ and his life, he plainly said that he was gentle. Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. Uh, again, meek translated to gentle. And it's in that meekness that Christ was abused to the point of being beaten beyond recognition. Too many people have seemed to take the meekness that he was showing to mean that he was weak or, or perhaps fragile. What's often forgotten is that Christ in his meekness still acted with great power, with the greatest power, but it was power under control. When it was time to act, Jesus certainly acted, and he did so without hesitation or any uncertainty, as you can read in John chapter 2. Jesus made one thing clear, and it was the, the restraint on the use of his power was ultimately the will of his Father. Jesus had the power to stop everyone who ever opposed him. As he said on the night that he was arrested, he even mentioned that, but he chose not to use that power. Faced with an excruciating death on the cross, Christ still submitted himself to the will of the Father. Meekness affects how we not only interact with God, but also how we interact with our fellow man. The meek will quietly receive God's word, and then we can apply it into our lives, not worrying about what the cost is. And James references that in chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. Meekness involves the obedience, certainly to God, and in that, there will be a willingness to sacrifice our own desires because our goal is to please Him. And sometimes that sacrifice means that there are acts of service that have to be surrendered to Him and they'll be imparted on others. The meek or the gentle should be what's first and foremost in our in our interactions with others. And of course, that doesn't mean, again, that I'm saying we should allow people to push us around. But when there's a time to stand firm, we must stand firm. But there are ways of standing firm and still remaining meek. I struggle. Uh, I've laughed a couple of times uh, this week in preparation and even in conversations with uh, other people here in the office, to stand firm and yet do it in the meekness of his spirit. That's difficult. It's difficult for certain personalities. It's difficult for most people, probably. But the meek are also the ones who are slow to anger. They are able to control the impulsiveness, as Proverbs fourteen twenty nine says. And at some point, the meek are able to master the art of using a softer answer to perhaps diffuse a situation. Again, something that I think many of us, including myself, struggle with. But the lovingness of meekness bears with others even when the circumstances are difficult. And in order for us to do this, we have to not wear our feelings on our shoulders. Because the attitude of meekness, it will affect everything that we do, whether we realize it or not. And if we surrender, and if we, we get to that point of the meekness that Christ is teaching us here, it's going to eventually change our priorities so that we'll seek after the righteousness 
oh, but I don't want to get too much on righteousness because that will be for next week. Uh, but to sum up today, again, as we've talked about, the Sermon on the Mount is where we see Christ expand on the true purpose uh, of his time on earth with us. And to the disappointment of many, Christ was never going to be that earthly king bestowing power and prestige on his people. But instead, the plan God for all mankind included the transformation of the heart. His plan was that our souls would be transformed for the sake of an eternal kingdom. And in order to prepare us for that kingdom of heaven, God rejected those earthly methods of acquiring power in favor of the healing that came through his merciful love. It's in God's mercy that's what changes our hearts from hearts of stone to hearts of compassion. It was Christ's humility, it was his submission, his lowliness that calls us into that relationship with him. And ultimately, it was the willingness of Christ to give up earthly glory that opened the door so that at one point, one day, there will come that time where we are allowed to share in his eternal glory. Now, sure, we would all like to have earthly power. But remember, God asks us to learn from Him. As our souls find rest in Him, He can continue that redemptive work through us as we display the same weaker virtues, even though the world might laugh. Now, that is not to say that God lacks any power or that yourself, myself as Christians, lack any power or should not exercise our virtues of courage and again standing firm and believe me there are times when growing the traits of meekness and humility they're much more difficult than to be bold for christ or to stand up for what we know is right and it's a difficult balance but it's a necessary one if we want to truly reflect that christ who christ is to this hurting world Today we can take comfort. Notice the second part of the verse. I hadn't said a lot about it, and it's because I don't have time to get into it, but I already know there's a whole sermon just on that point somewhere down the road, and I pray that you'll be listening for it. But be encouraged because blessed are the meek, not the weak, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. As we can see in scripture, meekness is a necessary trait, even though it is difficult to come by. Why is it difficult? Because it requires us to surrender our will to the will of God. We see the perfect display of this type of surrender in the life of Christ. The use and the restraint of his power was surrendered to the will of the Father. Surrender requires trust. Do we trust that God will lead us when to walk in power and when to walk in silence? Do we trust that God will provide in seasons of waiting? Often we want to display our power in our time. However, a life of meekness requires us to surrender to God's power and God's time. Meekness begins and ends with God. What do you need to surrender to His control? We look forward to spending time with you next week, but until then, may your cup overflow with His blessings.